You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? We are coming off an absolute banger in session two of the Paskin Sessions here on Power Producer Shop Talk. And we're going to go right into it because we end up going back and forth. My goodness, we could probably literally sit all day and do this. But we're going to talk about now. Moving from prospect to presentation. Last episode was suspect to prospect, and this is the next phase in that journey. Take it away, Bob. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here for episode three. Right, so this one here, just to kind of give you a recap. Number one, we went from lead to suspect, which was getting that meeting. Second one was suspect to prospect, which was having that first meeting and start going through that process of being able to determine if they are what I call a buyer or if they're a bidder on this. Great. Number three, that's where we are today, is what do we do now that they're a prospect? How do we get from prospect to presentation? That's that's what we're looking to focus on today. I think. When we are looking at this, we went through kind of those seven points last time that we worked on, the seven points. Do we have a need? Do we have the solution for the need? Do we have a trusted relationship? Uh, Do we know all of the decision makers? Do we have all the information, pertinent information that we need? Do we know what the competition is? Do we have a pathway forward? Great. We have all of those. When we're moving then from this stage, For me, it's about how are we going to make sure that they choose to hire us? And potentially that might mean if they're hiring us, they're firing somebody else. So as I'm looking through this, I'm looking through all of these, but I'm also looking at some levers that I want to pull. So some levers that I want to pull and moving them from prospect to presentation is really determining what I have found to be able to disengage their current buyer so we are able to be there. And this is everything from knowing what our program is to knowing what our differentiation factors are, 
but it's also knowing a little bit about them. Where are their ultimate needs? Do they have what I call my three levers? My three levers are, first of all, is there a problem with coverage? Is there a problem with their current program in place that they have? And if I'm looking at this, I'm determining right now, have we, have we been able to figure out from all of the information where their problems are? So suspect to prospect, we hopefully gathered a whole bunch of information. Now we are dissecting this information to be able to come up with the solution. That's what we're trying to do. We're dissecting the information to get the solution so we can put a presentation involved. And in that, that's where these three levers work. So is there a current program problem? Is there a problem with their current situation that they have? You know, it could be if we're looking at insurance terms, everything from coverages, endorsements, exclusions, limits, coverages, all of that there. You have to determine what is there. Is there anything there that you're able to crack? Is there everything that you found out from their information that creates a pivotal need or a void that the other incumbent or the other buyers don't have that you can come in and serve? That's the biggest thing. What is unique, different, better about the program that we have to put into place that is far better than the incumbent so they make the choice to work with you? That's the first thing I want to take a look at when we are going from prospect to presentation. Do we have that item that we can leverage for the win? Second thing that I want to take a look at here is we're- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to behave myself and not, okay. not talk Please, too much. I'm going to let you roll. I love it. I love it. I only have three. So jump in there if there's okay. anything that hurt right there. <laughs> okay. So the second one is what I call the service lever. Is there something wrong with the service that they have had in the past? We have to figure out what can we do on the service lever to really differentiate themselves. So it could be very simple. You know, workers' compensation claim. Have they done XMOD, XMOD reviews? Have they done unit stamp reports? Have they looked at claims in the past to figure out we have all of these unresolved claims? These are service issues. Has bad Have bad claims been paid? That shouldn't have been paid. Or another one here, and again, this is more on the other property and casualty side of things. What's going on with their service? Are certificates coming out in time? Are endorsements coming out in time? Really, what is happening on the service level from the organization? Is it up to par or is it something that you can really leverage in place? Remember, account of mine, I asked them one time, I said, you know, Nick, why do you end up why do you end up buying from me? And he goes, I'll tell you why. Two things. We can get on the job and we can get paid. It's like, that's really interesting. What does that have to do with risk management? He goes, I'll tell you exactly what that means. It means that in order to get on our jobs, and these guys are contractors through all 50 states, we have to make sure that we have proper certificates in place so we can first get on the job. And then we get paid. That's at the end. We want to make sure that our contracts are written to honor the contracts that we signed so that we can get paid. And if you can get us on the job on time and paid on time, that's all I care about. Bob, I say it every day. If you want to get into a contractor, you only have to ask two questions. 
and you may not even have to ask both of them, but certificates and audit, that's it. Like if you, that, if you can't get a contractor pissed off with one of those two questions, they're probably doing all right with everything else. But most of the time it's, they're not getting paid. I can't get certificates. It takes three days, blah, 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 blah. Or it's, I got stuck with this big bill that I didn't even owe and everything else. And you know, my thing is I listen, I, I feel really bad for you, but I I do want to be clear. Audits should never be a secret. We know what the rates are right. when your policy is issued. We know what you projected. So what what I what it sounds like is that you just don't have a mechanism in place with your current relationship that's letting you know how much of your insurance spend you've used year to date. Would that be something that's helpful to you? Well, yeah, it would be helpful to me. I'd like to know how much I'm gonna owe. So. Well, what we do is we put together a spreadsheet that takes the formula from your deck page. And then each month when you report your workers' comp wages, we can roll the payrolls over to the GL spreadsheet and it's going to populate your general liability. And it's going to show you, here's how much insurance dollars you use, many insurance dollars you used for the month. Here's where you're at year to date. Here's what you really originally projected. Here's how much you have left over or here's how far you're already in the hole. All we have to do is look at this every month and we can say, look, you're going to be over by this much. We can go to the carrier and ask them to go ahead and make an endorsement and adjust your installments. Or you can just know you need to be socketing this money away so that when the audit comes, you're going to have the money. But I want to be clear, you need to be putting enough away for next year's down payment too, because they're going to whack you on the exposures for next year. And I don't want you to get hit with the old double whammy because that's the other place. Even if the producer does a good job about telling them to prepare for the audit, they usually miss the part about the increased down payment afterward. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. I threw a third one in there and that's claims. You want to get them riled up? Yeah. Certificates, audits, claims. You can, If you don't get them fired up with those three things, then they may not be someone that you're going after. But all of those our service. All of those are preventative based upon the service team and the producer who's providing this for. And if they are providing those services, that is a huge lever you can pull to be able to try to win that account. And I would add a fourth. Okay. And that's the problem they don't know they have. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. Right. And so if we're going in and we're asking in the asking the questions and, and listen, I want to be very clear about this for you producers out there. It's not that something you're going to go in and you're just going to poke them in the eye and say, oh, yeah, and you have this problem. The best way to let them know about the problem they don't have is let them come to that conclusion on their own yes. through your conversation. And the way you do that is you say, well, when I was at such and such, or when I was down the road at a, at a similar company, they were having some issues like yours. And what we did was now all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm not getting that. And this is exactly what we're dealing with. And I don't know why I wouldn't. I just think that it's better to go in and say, well, what your problem is, is this, that can be viewed very, very negatively. I would always, and I would say that um, Kyle's been on probably over a hundred appointments with me more than, a, well, definitely more than a hundred at this point for as much as we ran pre-COVID, especially he would tell you that at the point of sale, one of the things that I'm the very best at is I can get people where I need them to be by leading the conversation with questions. And I draw them, I, I lead them right down the path. And every single moment there's that light bulb and you see it and it goes up like, 
hold on, wait a minute. You're telling me that, yes, sir, in a, in a matter of speak. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, so that's the leverage. You have the, your program one, you have your service, and then the third one is relational. Relational kind of has a couple of parts to it. So the relational lever is, first of all, do the people actually make, follow through on the promises that they say? It's almost sad, I have to say that, David, about how many people do not follow through on the promises that they say. That's number one. Number two on that is, do they ignore you or not? Again, it's amazing. And these are good size accounts. You've probably seen that there where they've been neglected for whatever reason. Hey, I wrote one that was 750000 in premium in a house account. Didn't even have an assigned CSR or account manager, yes. let alone a producer. Guess where it was? One of the big nationals that people big were nationals. afraid to call on. That's the kind of stuff you run into. And seven fifty. That was a that was small potatoes to them. They just ignored it. That's the that's the money they find in their couch cushions or their ashtray, right? Or what I've seen in the past, very similar, is the account might have been a hundred thousand dollars five years ago, but it's grown to seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, and the producer left. It was assigned as a house account because it wasn't big enough for a producer. Then exactly. it grew. And nobody paid attention to it. No one paid attention to it. So neglect it. And so you might think, oh, that never happens. David and I can attest to this happens maybe all the time. That might be a bit of an overstatement, but it happens a lot more times than you should think where you're walking into an account and you're like, how is this a house account or neglected or doesn't have an agent? I would and say it this way. I would say it this way. If you're prospecting right, it happens all the time. Yes. There you go. Great. We'll go with that. Yes, it will happen all the time. Exactly right. Exactly right. So then the third thing that I would say re with relational is you get, and this is where the money conversation comes in, but I want to talk about money a little bit differently because if you're starting to work with this, and I love asking this question, if you have an account that's, again, let's just say it pays $75,000 to that agency. Great. I might even ask the question, if they're getting upset, do you know how much that you are currently paying uh, your current provider? And no, yeah, I'm guessing you're paying anywhere you know, between 70 and $75,000. And you want to see steam come out of people's ears. They're like, we're paying that much for this load of service? Yes. You know what happens to that relationship at that point? Oh, it sours. You open that, that giant ability to be able to fire yourself right in there and say, great. Now, what do you, this is the services we provide. Do you think that more just justly um, provides this compensation or what would you want us to be able to do to justify something like that? So and that also, yeah, that also works as a way to overcome the objection when it's, oh, you know, we're all taken care of. I, it's my, my, my friend is the one who's my agent or it's my college buddy or my frat buddy or whatever else. And, and my response every single time is, and I probably could get an Academy Award for how I do, how I perform it sometimes. I'll just be like, wow. Wow. You're paying $40,000 a year more for your workers comp so that your friend can handle it for you. I don't have any $40,000 a year friends. Right. I don't know of anybody in my Rolodex that if it cost me $40,000 to have them as a friend would keep me around. 
I just, I just don't know. And more importantly, that's only to get you to average. You're only paying 40% more than average. What happens if we come in and find out that 40 is really 80? Still a friend? To be honest with you, it would it'd be cheaper if your workers' comp's 140000 a year, and if you had a mod of one, it would be a hundred. Your agent's probably only making $14,000 for his agency off the commission on this deal or her commission on the deal. And let's just be generous and say they get 50% on their renewals. So $7,500 of that is theirs. You would be better served to write them a check for $7,500 every year. Keep yes. them as your friend and hire us to fix your problems. You'll save money well, in the long run. I love it. I love it. And, yeah. and people look at you like you have an eyeball in the middle of your forehead because they can't believe that you just laid it out, but they don't ever stop and think about that. Oh, they're my friend. I don't want to talk to anybody else. You'd be amazed how many people don't have friends that are that they think they have. Right, exactly right. Yeah, or bust that up. So that's what I would do. I would ask them that question because you're right. Money drives relationship or value drives relationship. And that's what I would look to. That's that relational lever that you can pull is you can figure out really how valuable is that relationship to their business? So that's what I would look to do on this. When we're getting ready, see how many of these different levers that you can have based upon their program, based upon their service, based upon the relationships that they have, and go after those. Now, I'm going to say a caveat, because I think this is important. Maybe some of you are wondering, Bob, David, you didn't talk about what should I put on my presentation or <laughs> how do I outline this or what piece of paper should I use? And I'm going to say, you're absolutely right. There's a reason why we did not do this. Because if you do such a good job, honestly, they're not going to care what's on that piece of paper because you've been able to solve a myriad of their problems through those three levers. So yes, I'm not going to say what those are. What your job is, is to figure out what those levers are and how you can utilize them to the advantage to get yourself into business. And, and this is how I, I wrap up the meeting with, with somebody like that. Even if when we go in, their focus is price, I always will take the meeting. Even if I go, even, even if when I go in, there's five other agents that are competing yes. on it, I'm always going to take the first meeting because I'm of the mindset that maybe nobody's ever talked to them about broker selection. Maybe they don't understand that there's a way you can go about this without having to go through the rigorous process of handling. Like, like I'll even ask people when I'm talking to them, I mean, no disrespect by this, but do you really feel like you're the most qualified person to analyze the insurance contracts, fight, make all the carriers fight against each other, and control the pricing outcome while you're doing everything else that you do do full time. That's number one. Number two, though, is even when we go in and somebody's price focused, we our, our immediate goal is to shift their thought process from price to cost. Price equals premium, cost equals so much more, yet it's a softer term. And it makes people curious. They want to understand, well, wait a minute. You know, I thought my premium was this. You're telling me there's more cost. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about what the soft costs are that are associated with your claims. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about yes. that. And all of a sudden, they're hearing things that they don't hear when somebody's just wanting to replace 
uh, to place insurance coverage. And so I tell them when, when we talk about these things, like, well, how do we move forward? What would it take? You know, how much is is it going to cost to say, well, the good news is that I view insurance is the commoditized shuffling of paperwork. You're going to have everybody come in that can talk to you about insurance. We all have licenses. Many of us have designations and we all have that in common. But what my role is, is to be uncommon in a common environment is what we talked about today enough different that it makes sense to take the next step. And if it does, what if I told you that it won't cost you any more money than you're already paying? What if I told you that I use the commissions derived from placing your insurance as the funding mechanism for the value proposition we've talked about for the last 45 minutes. Now, all of a sudden they're not like, they're not price conscious anymore. They, they, they're not paying attention to that. They're paying attention to the fact that they didn't realize they only saw the top third of the iceberg. That's it. Right. And now we're talking about cost. And if I come in and I'm 20% higher, I've already validated the value. They've bought into the concept and they know there's things that need to be, be fixed, but the other part is we're so focused on talking about here's what it's here's here's what we can get you for quotes today. We don't take the time to fix what led them to the position they're in now. We yeah. completely ignore it. And I, I it just it blows my mind. And that's why if you can look at things through a different lens, you're going to set yourself up for far more success because your message is different in the marketplace. You show that you're detached from the outcome which automatically breeds patience. And if you just take the time to educate, you don't even have to close. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I love the point that you said. You're right. The price is just the tip of the iceberg that you see. The total cost of risk is the entire iceberg. And they don't focus on that. They think, what's this Band-Aid insurance premium that's going to take care of? And that's not the approach that we want. And I, you're the same way. We're going to dig down. We're going to show them the entire iceberg of this. And say by, and I even like the word invest, you invest this capital into it. And by investing this capital, we help with all of these problems. Great. People love talking investment. Investment is forward money. Money working for you in the future versus what the price is for the insurance family. 100%. What did we leave on this one? We we done? Yeah. We wrapped up? So I think we got levels. through this. Again, when you're looking to make that presentation, you want to make sure that you can unhinge, pull out the incumbent. You're looking for ways to talk about your program advantages, the ways to talk about your service advantages and your relationship advantage. You do those things, they'll sign, they'll join you. That's what I got. You heard it right from the man himself, Bob Paskins. Find him on LinkedIn. He is everywhere. And I'll tell you where else he's going to be on the next episode next week. We're going to wrap up the Paskin sessions by moving from presentation to close. And we'll see you there. See ya. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes